Hello and welcome to the Living With Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Simone Denny, and I'm here to uncover how we find more joy, greater fulfillment and deeper purpose in our lives. I will be sharing my own journey, as well as insights from thought leaders and everyday people who are living with purpose and have created a life they truly love. Hello there. Thank you so much for being here today. It is a beautiful day here in New Zealand. Actually, it's been a really beautiful summer. Um, I'm such a weather person, so um, it's made me very happy. Uh, Our kids have gone back to school this week, so I am diving deeply into sharing more goodness with you. Um, And today I'm really excited to share a special guest, uh, Dr. Izzy Spencer, and she's somebody I've followed for um, quite some time actually and I refer to her work and her teachings uh, a lot in what I do whether it's in my coaching or in my women's circles or groups or workshops Um, and really it's helped me so much to understand the importance of the cycles of the moon and how we can use this to our advantage. I'm going to talk a bit more about that. But before we dive in, I wanted to share with you about a very special event that I have coming up at the end of March here on Waiheke Island in New Zealand. And I'm hosting my first retreat in my hometown or home island. Uh, It's been, um, if you've been with me for a while, you'll probably know that I've had retreats in various locations and some of you might have even been on some of them, been in Sri Lanka and Byron and Sydney. But this is my um, first retreat here on Waiheke. And this one is all about coming home. Really, it's about coming home to you. And I take people on this journey because that's been my own journey, really getting clear on who I am, what I'm here to do, what my purpose is. And this retreat is all about peeling back the layers to those beautiful treasures that you hold within yourself. Uh, And perhaps you might be saying, I don't know what my treasures are, or I'm not sure if I'm really made of treasures. (laughs) But there are treasures there, I can assure you. And perhaps you just haven't given them energy recently, or maybe you've just forgotten about them. Maybe you're just not expressing them um, in their fullness. So this four-day retreat is called Creating Yourself from the Inside Out, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to go within, we're going to look at your biology, what makes you uniquely you. We're going to do that through epigenetic testing. We're going to look at your strengths, your natural talents, your genius zone, and your vision. What is it that you want to to bring into this world? What, What meaning do you want to create? And we're going to create from this place, rather than from a place of lack or comparison or mindless scrolling that we're all guilty of where we're looking for answers outside of ourselves and each day you'll learn through interactive workshops through doing yoga if you want to uh, eating delicious food nourishing food listening to guest teachers doing meditation and mindfulness and and so much more I'm really enjoying the nature that Waiheke has to offer So if you're wanting more clarity, direction, inner peace, and you're feeling the calling to step into your authentic self and your potential, then I'd really love you to join me. You can check out um, Simone Denny Wellness, which has more of the retreat details um, under programs and retreats, I believe it is. So 
I'll leave you with that thought, but we will now move into this wonderful discussion with the lovely Dr. Uh, Izzy Spencer. So if you have been curious about the moon um, and, and maybe you've thought, how, how do the moon phases affect you and how does it affect your mood, your energy, your creativity or your productivity? What if you could tap into the different cycles of the moon and use them to navigate the natural rhythms of your own life? So today I speak to inspiring Dr. Lizzie Spencer on all things related to moon phases and how to use the moon to create what she calls lunar abundance. We also discuss Lizzie's other passion, which is how we rebuild confidence and trust after a toxic relationship. So there's a lot of gems in this podcast um, that really span from the moon to, to your own you know, personal relationships. Dr. Izzy Spencer is a coach, a best-selling author of the book, Lunar Abundance, Cultivating Joy, Peace and Purpose, which I love this book, um, by using the phases of the moon. And it's got a, she's got a companion one, which is called Lunar Abundance Reflective Journal, which I also have and use very regularly. Um, once she was a lawyer, where she started, um, then she started to work with the moon cycle to reconnect her with her intuition, creativity, and emotional well-being. This personal passion project became a global coaching business for Izzy. So Dr. Izzy's supported tens of thousands of women around the world to heal and harness their personal power. She specializes in helping women find love after toxic relationships so that they can rebuild epic self-confidence, rekindle their optimism about the future, and find, finally find the courage to put themselves back out there and attract real love. Uh, so today, Izzy and I are going to talk about what is lunar abundance? What does that mean? Um, why is it so important for us to understand the lunar cycles? Why um, we need to be having times of being and times of doing and how the moon can, can help us understand when there's these best times. How and why to set intentions, how to let go of things that don't serve us and to step into the new. So how do we transform? Ways to recover from a toxic relationship, how to rebuild confidence and trust after a difficult relationship. Um, and Izzy also shares about her own program called ReLove. So without further ado, I welcome the lovely Dr. Izzy Spencer. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm so delighted to have the wonderful Dr. Izzy Spencer with me today, from joining me from New York. So thank you so much, Izzy, for being here. It's such a pleasure to be here, Simone. It's, yeah, it's been a long journey because I actually started, I think I discovered you through listening to a podcast that you were on and I was like, oh, this is so interesting. And I went on, this must have been three, maybe three years ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> A while ago, and then I went on to buy your book, uh, Lunar Abundance, which became a little Bible for me, especially um, in my woman's circles. I've just used it as such a wonderful reference point to understand the moon cycle and what's happening with each cycle, and the woman in my group have borrowed it, and I've brought it into my business group, and it's just, it's just been wonderful, and I know we've been 
trying to connect for a while. And I feel like it's just <laughs> divine timing now to, to finally have this <laughs> chat. <laughs> so Yeah, it's so good to chat. Yeah. yeah, it's um you've been on a really amazing journey as well because I talk a lot about um discovering your purpose and living your purpose. And you've been on um you know a, a purpose journey yourself. I know you started out as a lawyer and have moved into something quite quite different from that. Do you want to share a little bit about about how you've come to do what you do now? I think a lot of people are really surprised when they find out that I have a background in the law um, and, you know, then doing the moon goddess work and working with the moon cycle and then, you know, I've evolved on as well, but it, it, it passed the moon cycle in addition to the moon cycle as well, which we might touch on it. So, um, but the, but the genesis of, of all of that was working, um, you know, I worked in more of the social justice, human rights law side of things. So I was, um, you know, really interested in making a, a difference in the world. And so the work that I was doing was really meaningful, purposeful work. I worked particularly with uh, women who had been um, subject to domestic violence and sexual assault. So I was really interested in, in trying to get better legal outcomes mm -hmm. um, for those women and working with the wounded feminine, I suppose, in that way. And that led me into doing a PhD in emotional well-being after domestic abuse. So that was sort of my first career. But um, I did uh, you know, very much have a sense of, of being disconnected from myself through doing, you know, working in the law and the push and the hustle and the striving, I think, as so many women can relate to by working in more of a, you know, traditional career. And I felt, even though I did have a sense of meaning and purpose in the work, I also really felt like there was something elemental missing from my life, living from the, the neck up and being in that go, go, go mode. I was really walking that line of burnout all the time. And so I, I guess, you know, I was a magical child and I lost that through going to law school and then working in the law. But at some point in my twenties, I don't know exactly when or, or why it was, I started to look up at night and reconnect with the moon again. You know, she was always something, and you know, um, it, you know that sort of that that beautiful spirit that that I had connected with. I had that real innate curiosity um, with as a child, but you know that that sense of reconnecting with the moon as a mirror, as a as a trigger to come within. You know, working with the moon as a as I guess a, a, as representative of the feelings, emotions. You know, subconscious of the body, natural rhythms and cycles cycles um that, these are really the teachings and the learnings that I started to you know receive from her in my 20s whilst I was seeking for this sense of you know a better way of of living um and I started to write in my journal um, I mean I, I wrote in my journal all the time but I started to write into my journal I guess these little um, you know, references of how I was feeling and what was going on for me. And I draw into the journal a little picture of where the moon was in the sky in relation to which phase she was in in the sky. And so there's, I work with eight moon phases throughout the month-long moon cycle and the full moon phase is, you know, one of those eight phases and a lot of people are, are used to like experiencing the full moon and like ah you know is this why you know I'm feeling so um intense or is this why I can't sleep or is this why everything's going mad like you know is it a full moon um but you know really tuning into to the rest of the moon cycle and the other phases throughout that month-long cycle was something that I used to write into my into my journal and this was you know before the moon was trending on on Instagram and all of the things I don't know exactly why I started to do this other than you know I think this just 
sense of of fascination you know with the natural world and, and a sense of, of questing you know having a thirst for something more mm. um, and then something really interesting happened which is that I started to note that there were correlations between where the moon was in the sky and how I was feeling in terms of you know what phase the moon was in and because the moon is a month-long cycle it's a very uh, trackable observable cycle in you know next month there'll be another moon cycle so you can you know keep going with this I started to find that there were patterns that would emerge between where the moon was in the sky and and how I was feeling or what was going on for me even just in terms of how much energy I had or you know how connected with myself I was and so I just got really curious about that and started to lean into that more and started to find that there were there was a predictability in it you know I could start to to recognize in advance okay you know in a full moon phase I'm going to feel a lot more energized for example you know and there'll be more of a sense of of, of wanting to go out there and to do the work if you will um, but at the balsamic moon phase which is another one of those eight moon phases is actually the eighth of the eight moon phases um, right at the end of the cycle you know as the moon is is coming back down to darkness before before a new moon before the cycle starts again um, I would find that I would be a lot more introverted you know and so having that sense of permission of knowing hey it's okay like I can I can pull back I can have that permission you know working with the moon as a natural timekeeper had that permission at these you know these what I would then call being phases or yin phases of the moon to then lean back and reflect and restore and to come within and connect in with my, myself and my inner voice my intuition and and to restore and to get a sense of of real clarity around what it was that I wanted then informed my my action that I would take at the next moon phase which would be a young phase or a doing phase of the moon and then I was a lot more effective in terms of the action that I would then take I would get a better outcome you know with more of that sense of I guess you know purposeful or mindful action that I would take and so this was just like so interesting to me it was just a personal practice but it was something which I just went deeper and deeper into and started to explore and I created you know there were more aspects and layerings of this system like setting an intention at the new moon you know with something else that I brought in but really the essence of it was around connecting to myself cultivating that sense of self-knowledge self-care and allowing myself that um Again, that permission of being able to just honor my own body's natural rhythm cycles and flow. And then what I found was that, you know, I, I mean, I'm a bit of a, um, an, a you know, an achiever, like I'm motivated by, um, by, by having an impact in the world, you know, it was like, it wasn't like I wanted just to slow down and opt out. I, what, but what I found was that I was able to actually be a lot more effective in the world. I was able to get better results, you know, with my work, but then, you know, also like have have a better time in my life, like be able to lean into this sense of joy and ease and flow and intuition and creativity and all of that yummy stuff, I think, which makes life really worth living. Oh, what an amazing journey. And what I love about that is it sounds like the moon was like your catalyst of your journey from your head, as you were saying, from the neck up. Um, that that's really helped you to move into more of your heart space and as you said that sense of self and I know in one of your books you also you you refer to it as a natural timekeeper which I think is a really a really nice way to look at it and it's not just airy fairy but it is actually can make you more effective as well well yeah 
yeah, I really wanted something that was going to move the needle in my life, you know, as a, as a lawyer, I feel like, it, I mean, my life was very intense. And so, um, you know, I needed something that wasn't just an interesting idea, but I wanted to see actual results in my mm. life. And then that's what I got from this practice. And so, um, you know, and a lot more you know, the other elements of the practice as well is that I really feel like it healed that wounded aspect of the feminine inside me on, on some level in the sense of, you know, really being able to relax and to, and to lean back and allow space, allow myself to pause um, mm. and allow myself to be more invitational, I suppose, for, for opportunities to come towards me and to be able to receive mm. those opportunities well when they came towards me rather than being stuck in stuck in that grind of constantly needing to be striving and doing and you know out there and um and sort of you know needing I needed a way for myself to start to be able to cultivate a sense of balance and harmony and so what was so interesting is that you know not only did I start to feel better but again yeah I just had better results you know my work got better you know I did my PhD uh, thesis in record time and I probably worked you know less than I'd ever worked in my life doing the PhD but I did it in a really short amount of time and got a perfect result but what was also interesting is that during the PhD, I started talking about what I was discovering because I was really passionate about it. I was like, hey, you know, to anyone who would listen, I'd be like, hey, this is cool. And, you know, started a blog and, you know, posted it when Instagram came out, started to post about it on, on social media, you know, as a creative project, as a passion project, really to start with. But people were so fascinated by it that they started to lean in and, you know, the, the moon cycle, like that feminine principle, again, being invitational, you know, it's a about sort of welcoming in it's being magnetic and I started to find that just people would ask me how can I pay you for a session like this is what you do for your job right could you run a workshop and I'd love to come and learn more about it and so I started that you know the business side of it as a as a hobby uh, at at first and then you know the by the time I finished my PhD my business had grown again very organically into a full-time income where I had a global coaching practice working with you know hundreds of women all around the world who wanted to find a way of of living with this ease and and flow um, but still this effectiveness in, mm. in their lives and their work. Yeah, I love that. And I think sometimes you know you're on the right path when things are easy like that and people are coming to you and it just naturally, as you said, evolves organically. And I really like this concept of the moon reminding us that we aren't always in a doing phase because I think so many of us are wrapped up in this idea that, you know, that the default response to everything is I'm so busy, I've got so much to do. And I love the way that you you talk about this and this idea that we can use the moon. It's a, such a visual reminder that there is phases where we need to just be and that can actually make us, you know, more more productive or more effective or just bring more joy to us, which is, is wonderful. So this, um, the book is called, your original book is called Lunar Abundance. And I know there's a journal which I'll talk about too. Um, what does it mean, Lunar Abundance? Mm. Well, I guess that, um, you know, it's really interesting because I feel like the 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 feeling of, of, of abundance is so key to the practice because I guess diving down deeper into what drives that, busyness, you know, that chronic sense of busyness and overwhelm. And at least for me, 
underneath that constant going and going and going and striving and striving and striving and doing and doing and doing all the time was actually a feeling of fear. And that fear was specifically related to um, scarcity. So like feeling like if I wasn't doing all of the things all of the time, then I would somehow miss out. You know, there wasn't enough time for me to, to do everything that I wanted to do. And so again, you know, this is something I created for myself was that I personally needed to find a way to like calm and soothe myself. I needed to find a way to tap back into trust. So a sense of trusting of myself. So trusting of my own intuition, my own feelings, my own emotions, my own pace, my own rhythm, and a sense of trust that there was actually going to be a perfect amount of time, you know, to do whatever it was that I'm here to, to do on that deep sort of soul purpose, you know, mission driven level. And so for me, the moon cycle represents the essence of abundance because it will never run out. There will always be another new moon. There will be another new moon next month. You know, once a month, there's going to be another new moon. And there's always that opportunity to continue to change your life for the better based on just exactly where you find yourself right now. So it's not about trying to like radically overhaul your entire life by setting 15, you know, intentions for one moon cycle. It's around just recognizing that, you know, you have that opportunity to just, you know, gently um, and elegantly, you know, be able to step into a place of personal power and agency in your own life by just picking the most important, the most pressing thing for you. And I've got a whole chapter in the book around how to, how to set an intention in, the, in an effective way um, and picking an intention that's the right intention for you right now in this particular month and know that there is going to be a, a practice of just allowing yourself just to do that one thing, just to slow down and, you know, do the one most important thing and to rest into that abundance of knowing that, you know, there's going to be you know, the perfect amount of time for you to grow in the perfect, perfect way. Mm, I really like that. And I, and I love the idea that every time a new moon comes around, it's a reminder to, to set your intentions and to just check in with yourself. Um, and I know in the book and the journal, you give some really beautiful ways of how to set intentions and, and do that on your own or, or with others. Um, can you, you know, that is obviously one ritual that you can do each month. Can you share about any of your own personal practices or rituals that you do with the phases of the moon? Yeah, so I uh, love to work with uh, the um, emotions, so elevated and positive emotions. And I am a big believer in, you know, how much we, uh, where we put our attention um, is really what we will see expand in our lives. So there is the first aspect of working with an intention. And again, moon representing the feelings and the emotions and the subconscious mind. There is the invitation to really come within. So dropping out of the head and getting out of the goal orientation at that new moon intention setting phase. And, and, and what I do is exactly what I, what I share is to, you know, allow yourself to, you know, close your eyes and allow yourself, you know, to breathe in through the nose and activate the parasympathetic nervous system and come into that body's natural resting restorative state. And then from that place, enter into a process of dialogue, you know, enter into a process of dialogue with your heart, with your soul, you know, with that beautiful innate body wisdom that we 
all have inside of us by simply asking the question, what is the most important uh, thing for me right now? You know, you can even sort of rest your hand on your heart center or rest your hand on your belly or your womb and, and direct the question inwards to, to that part of your body and just ask like, what's the, what is the most important thing for me to welcome into my life right now? And if there's an area of lack or an area of pain, that's actually a real signal that that's the area that, you know, you could be focusing on, you know, healing or, or, or opening up to receiving something which is, uh, you know, going to lift you to a place that is going to feel more pleasant. And so, you know, really working with that principle of the cure is in the problem. So if you are experiencing, you know, pain or lack, you know, if you're experiencing a problem in that way, just to, to experience that as a signpost pointing you towards what your heart is deep down really yearning for. And so to listen then so listen to what your heart has to say say to you and again this is my own my own practice is just to tune in and listen and a lot of the time I'm surprised to hear at that new moon phase what is it that my heart wants to tell me you know maybe mm. on some level I might be like actually I've got this great new idea for this new creative project and my new moon intention is going to be all around bringing this into fruition you know that might be my head talking but then once I go into that more deep deep, I guess, restful listening space. And again, you know, that feminine principle, the yin fem principle is around that listening, that deep listening to the self. It might actually be uh, something very different that emerges from, from my heart. Maybe there's more of that sense of, of wanting to have a, a, a more peaceful experience, you know, a more comfortable experience. Maybe there's more of a sense of security or stability that my heart is yearning for at that time. So then really allowing myself, you know, to feel any like pleasant emotional states that would accompany, you know, that deep sense of say peace or, or comfort in this particular example. What would it feel like in my body, you know, the physical sensations, but then also, you know, these emotional states that if I was feeling say more, you know, secure or stable or peaceful. And perhaps then there's, a, there's that feeling of like, oh, thank God, you know, I can really rest and relax into that feeling of being supported. And then allow myself, you know, to feel like the, the, the joy that comes with and that feeling of support or the gratitude that comes with receiving that support. And then on an ongoing basis throughout the moon cycle, in a, in a daily meditation practice, I would return to that deep feeling, you know, that feeling state, that emotional state. So not just setting an intention at the new moon and then wandering off, you know, it's like, if we're thinking again in metaphorical terms, like setting an intention is putting a seed in the ground. You know, you don't just like plant a seed and then wander off. If you want that seed to actually bloom and flower into something which is going to be really magnificent in your life, you need to show up to it. And, you know, you need to show up to it every day. And so allowing myself just to, you know, honour that intention that I've planted, honour my heart's yearning in any particular moon cycle by showing up to it, even just for a minute of meditation a day, but coming back into that feeling state, into those physical sensations, you know, back into that feeling of relaxation and calm and peace and joy and gratitude that would come along with in this example say feeling more supported feeling more stable feeling more secure mm, beautiful all right yeah that i um it sounds so nourishing that whole experience and then i i guess for a lot of us um we're often most aware of the full moon and i i, I guess what you share around the full moon is is a different practice for us um, 
and it's 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 not necessarily about intentions or maybe it's a different kind of intention can you share a little bit about on the full moon how our energy might be different around that time yeah so in terms of the um intention setting process the the, the principle that we work with at the new moon is, I suppose, that principle of, of inviting in, you know, of, of attraction, if you will, you know, really tapping into that innate magnetism that we all have access to, you know, when we tune, when we tune into it, when we give ourselves that, that space to listen to what our intuition, our heart has to tell us. And then at the full moon, there's a couple of things. One is there's the invitation to actually practice the art of detachment. So you know, really just let go, surrender, um, be able to, you know, tap into the impermanent nature of what reality also is, right? So our intention might not actually actualize in the way that, again, our mind would perhaps uh, like it to or think that it might. But when we let go of any attachment to what the outcome might be in relation to what our wishes have been at the new moon phase, we actually, again, open up the space for even greater magic and so you know an example of this is that when I started out doing this lunar abundance practice as a, as a personal practice I mean I was working as a lawyer of course as I said and so you know the idea that I could now have the the life and the and the career that I've really created out of thin air for myself um, at this time is just so far beyond the frame of reference like I couldn't have sat down and and tried to map that out as a you know as a goal if you will so this is where that full moon principle comes in so beautifully in terms of releasing that sense of wanting to control the outcome and again resting into a sense of, of trust and a sense of flow and a sense of you know really being able to follow the breadcrumbs into into the magic of what life really does have in store for us once we do break our old patterns once we step out of fear and scarcity once we step into you know the magic of what life could potentially hold for us and so that's one aspect of the full moon mm. yeah you know and so and there's release rituals which I go through you know in, in my book as well which are really designed to help us to you know on a practical level like release some of those um, things that might be holding us back some of the fear-based you know elements that might be impeding our progress or operating as you know, blocks, um, even subconscious, you know, limiting beliefs, um, which then, you know, in turn shape our thoughts and actions and, you know, behaviours in the world. Um, then the other aspect of the, the full moon as well is, is, is around actually taking action. You know, it's not a matter of just like setting an intention, like I said before, and then being like, okay, now I can just like my hands of it and just like, just wait to see what happens. No, you know, we also need to show up for our intention. You know, we need to do the thing in the world if we want to start to see you know the big results but there is that invitation at the full moon to tap into I guess you know all of the work that we've done in the in the two weeks leading up to the to that full moon uh, aspect and that's sort of laid out in that lunar abundance practice and then to take the best action like the most strategic action whilst that uh, light of that full moon that full illumination of the path ahead is really clear for us down here on earth so, you know, again, not burning ourselves out, like not doing like all of the things, not being on the busy train, but just figuring out like what's going to be the most impactful thing that we could do. So we'll get the best and the maximum results with the least amount of, of effort.
Mm. Yeah, that's wonderful. And what I really like about your book and actually your journal is that you make it a very visual experience of what the different moon phases look like. There's like your little sketches that you probably did right at the beginning have turned into these, you know, beautiful visual images for people to follow so that they know what the moon phase looks like. And then you really explain the practices and rituals that you can do at, at each phase. And it's it's very it's very useful and um it's just insightful for, for you if you haven't done a lot of work with the moon or if you have. Um, and you, and you, you now, I know that you work in this space of transformation and you were just talking about releasing, um, you know, as part of the full moon phase is about sometimes letting go of what doesn't serve us. How, how do we let go of things um, that don't serve us and step into the new and create the new? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there's, there's, I guess there's lots of, there's lots of ways to do it. I would say as a, um, you know, as a general principle, I am a believer in looking forwards. So I'm a believer in getting very clear at the outset about where it is that we want to go. So to set our North Star or our guiding star, if you will, and to start from that place and then be able to you know just identify any of the roadblocks that we're we're coming up against and use those roadblocks as just evidence that there is something that's a barrier to our progress in that particular way. So I'm less about, you know, the process of going through, you know, let me sort of try to think about, you know, what happened when I was three or what happened when I was five and, you know, where might this trauma have come from, you know, or anything like that. I think there's a real place for that kind of work, but, you know, my personal work is much more future focused. And so it's a, it's then a process, I guess, of, of, of going down. And I have a number of, um, you know, much more sort of you know, deep dive uh, processes, you know, where I take women down into their subconscious minds in order to, to rewire and repattern um, their, their, their mental belief systems. But, you know, coming down and doing that at the subconscious level, working with the, uh, with the repatterning of the nervous system, and sometimes even coming down into a place where we're working with transforming, you know, sometimes these patterns are, are, are really happening at the genetic level because they can be intergenerational generational some of the the patterns that we we carry and some of the deep beliefs that we have can be uh, something which is you know being passed down from our mother but it was passed down to her you know from her mother and and her mother before then so this is why some of these things can be really difficult for us to budge on our own um, and sometimes they're like this doesn't necessarily correlate with anything that I can put my finger on that I've experienced in this particular lifetime um, maybe it does or maybe it doesn't, you know, but the point is, you know, to just, again, identify where is it that you want to go to and to identify, you know, okay, right, well, I'm not in that place, so there must be some roadblocks. And then, and then I tend to take women on a very deep dive, you know, experience down into their subconscious mind to, to rewire and repattern so then they're able to keep moving out of that familiarity zone. Again, probably not even just their familiarity zone, might be an intergenerational familiarity zone and continue to move into the, to the growth 
zone, which can be very, very scary to be in that unknown place. Mm. It's very uncomfortable. The, I think there's something that the, you know, the human psyche, the human condition doesn't like to be in the unknown. So that the more that we're able to, to rest and to be in that place, and this is what the, the being phases of the moon, the yin phases of the moon are such exceptionally good training for this, is to just grow that capacity to be with the discomfort, to be with the stillness, to be with the that resting place, to be in that pause and to and to be in the unknown and sort of not go into, you know, a panic freak out about it, but just allow ourselves to sit and be with those uncomfortable feelings and emotions and whatever it is that that comes up around that as we go through this process of, of transformation and growth. Mm, yes, yeah, I can it is a journey and like you say it's very innate from a long time ago that we don't like to not feel safe and and we naturally want to pull away from that vulnerability but it's really wonderful when you have somebody who can guide you through that in a way that does feel safe uh, i know that the work you do now um, is really around supporting women recover from toxic relationships and it's um, something I know you're very passionate about. So can you share a little bit about the work you do in that space? Yeah, I uh, I am passionate about it. It's really interesting because it's almost like coming full circle with this work uh, because, of course, my first career was working in this space, but coming at it from more of like that legal, regulatory, public policy perspective. So it was a bit surprising to me that I've ended up back in this space uh, because, of course, I had that detour, not detour, I suppose, you know, everything's, you know, every every path is, is magical, but I just didn't know that this magical path was going to lead back to this. To, to sort of where I began, but taking a very different form than how it originally um, presented itself. And so, you know, really what I found is that, you know, the golden thread through all of my work seems to be around healing the wounded feminine, but beyond that, helping you know, really the, 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 the feminine or, you know, the women that I work with to step into a place of personal power and to go through that, you know, almost like that death rebirth um, experience of, of, of coming into a place of really being able to claim, you know, their own sense of value in the world to really tap into a much greater, um, I guess, depths of, of self-esteem and self-confidence and then to, you know, really also tap into that positivity. So the optimism and the hope about a brighter future and as well really foster that sense of, of courage around, you know, being able to, to put themselves back out there again, you know, especially when they've experienced something which has been so destructive to their sense of self in, 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 in the very, very, you know, vulnerable context of it an intimate romantic relationship which has been quite toxic for them and so the the work that we do with um to the program that i that i run there is called relove so it really builds on relove builds on that lunar work of healing the wounded feminine by going to a whole other level in terms of of, of building a sense of connection um, with the self but then you know really showing up in a very you know different and much sort of healthier way in terms of connection, you know, with others in, in relationship. And so the, you know, the work we do in Relove is very much around, you know, diving into our needs, you know, what do we need on, on a very, very deep level, dissolving any emotional static that we might have around having needs. So dissolving that sense of guilt. A lot of my clients, you know, have such a, such a profound sense of guilt about needing 
anything at all. So of course they're not able to identify or claim or communicate what their needs are in, in relationship because, you know, they've got such a sense of aversion, you know, inside of themselves. They don't actually feel worthy of having those needs. And again, you know, this is never anyone's fault. It often tends to be a deeply intergenerational pattern. Um, and so the problem with it, the risk is, is that, you know, when you are somebody who's so willing to, you know, deprioritize yourself, if you don't think that you are deserving of being, you know, treated in a way of, and again, you know, this is different to an intellectual belief, you know, you might have an intellectual belief that you deserve to be treated well, but if you've got a contradictory, deep subconscious belief that you're not worthy of, you know, even having needs, you know, then how can you have these needs being, uh, you know, be met? There's an issue here when there are, there are predators, you know, there are people out there who will just look for people who will be, you know, much more disposed to like overgiving or, you know, allowing themselves to be invisible in relationship and, you know, even if those people, you know, um, you know, the predators, you know, they might not be doing it consciously, you know, they might not be out there, you know, on the hunt because they've got like malicious intent. It just might be, you know, that they're very self-absorbed. And so there's a very natural fit then for, for those kind of people to, to then be with people who, are, who again, are so, um, you know, have a very deep, deep, deep pattern of just simply not respecting themselves or not feeling like they're worthy, you know, of being treated um, in in a way which is which is what they of course deserve you know every person deserves to be treated with love and compassion and, and respect um, so I um, I am really passionate about it as you can as you can tell and 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 helping women to you know build a very strong foundation of of the self is is the work um, which I'm which I'm leaning into now and I'm finding that so many of the women who've been doing the moon cycles work for so long are the ones who are coming to me um, and again, this happened again, very naturally. I just started to find that this is what was showing up in my coaching practice um, was that, you know, a lot of, a lot of women had had this experience so much. So it almost feels like a bit of a silent epidemic. Um, and it's not, uh, it's not something that has to inform the rest of, 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 of your life. If it has happened, you know, there, there are things that you can do in order to, to rebuild and regain a sense of self. So then, you know, you can really show up in in the world and have a have a really beautiful um you know experience in in, in, in your relationships in the future yeah so this idea of a wounded feminine and when you talk about that is that um more kind of after you've had a, a very difficult relationship or are we going into a relationship already as a a, a, a with a wounded feminine energy um i think it's yeah, it's a good question. And I think it's a little bit of both. And I think it really depends, you know, on the individual. What I find is that the women that I tend to work with have perhaps had a, a, a wounded feminine en energy, and that's actually made them a target. Mm -hmm. um, but they haven't necessarily experienced any sort of... Um, you know, uh, negative impact, you know, in their life before from it. Perhaps they've, you know, been simply exposed to people who have been, uh, you know, not people who just wouldn't exploit them, you know, and mm -hmm. so they don't necessarily know until, you know, they have an experience, which, you know, a lot of the time doesn't even happen until, you know, they're like 20s or their 30s or, you know, even later, you know, sometimes it can come as a real kind of blindsiding experience, you know, because people just have never, never um, 
you know, had any interaction with someone who's treated them badly before. And of course, you know, the person might um, present, you know, in a very different way in the beginning, you know, and mm. so, and so there's a, you know, there's a, there's a whole template of how this works. And, mm. and so once you, again, you know, I work with so many women, so I hear the same stories over and over and over again. It's like, wow, this is so interesting. You know, the same tactics are used, you know, over and over and over again. It's almost like there's a little template for this. Um, and so I think that there is, um, you know, I tend to work more with the women, I think, who fall into, into that category. But having said that, you know, I think it can really happen to anybody. You know, I think that once someone is in a, if someone is, you know, sort of kind and sensitive and empathic, you know, even if someone has come from like a really, you know, loving, well-adjusted childhood, you know, someone can um, definitely have their sense of self um, sort of deconstructed very, very quickly uh when um you know not in a not in a really positive healthy relationship yeah and i think there's probably a num you know many women listening right now who feel trapped or stuck in a relationship where they're not being treated in the way they want to be treated or not respected or not feeling connected to themselves and but they kind of do feel locked into that relationship how how can people find their way forward in that situation yeah, it's a good question. And so I would always say, you know, first and foremost, to cultivate a sense of connection with yourself and to be able to, you know, again, this is where that moon cycle practice can come in so handy because it really does foster that sense of connection to oneself and growing a sense of trust, you know, in what one is really feeling at any particular time. And so allowing yourself to feel and feel when something is off, like, oh God, this really isn't feeling good. And to, really you know validate and acknowledge and affirm yourself in that when something isn't feeling right for you or something is feeling off you know that means that something is off you know that's what that means you know and so you know it doesn't necessarily mean that the person if this is happening in the context of an intimate you know romantic relationship you know it doesn't necessarily mean that you know the person that you're with has a personality disorder you know it might not be be as extreme as that obviously this is just going to depend on anybody's you know situation um you know but it might just be a matter of then uh, first and foremost validating oneself and then reaching out for support you know reaching out for help for you know to someone who then will be um able to to mirror back and validate you know that for for you and this is where i think a lot of people you know, when they might just reach out for, for help or they might share with somebody, you know, what's going on for them, you know, sometimes the first response can actually be invalidation, like, oh, are you sure? Or, you know, that your partner seems so nice, like, you know, because they're talking, that person might be coming from a place of projection, right? Or their experience of that person, uh, which is obviously going to be different if you're in a, an intimate, um, you know, romantic situation with somebody and you're feeling like something's not quite right. So again, you know, that invitation is, if that you know you have experienced some invalidation when you're reaching out for help is you know to make sure like keep reaching out for help and it might be to a professional support person who'll be able to really listen and hear you know and validate your experience and start to give you a sense of of what your um what your next steps you know from that practical perspective might be and in terms of you know speaking up and and being able to you know set some set some boundaries and identify your needs and be able to have some some healthy conversations and 
see how those go, you know, and see if you're heard, see if you're listened to, see if there's any change or does that start to be where the relationship actually goes south, you know, in which case that's a real, you know, warning sign. Um, and so, you know, at that point, obviously, you know, to seek the kind of support that will be able, you know, to, 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 to allow you to, to exit the situation um, because it's, it's not going to be healthy for you to continue to stay in that situation as inconvenient and difficult as leaving can be. And, you know, I get it. It could be extraordinarily difficult to leave. Um, but, you know, the, the invitation is always to make sure that you're reaching out for the support for people who can, you know, really understand and, and help you to, to get to a place of safety. Mm, yeah, I like that. I think a lot of people do feel like it's their own little private journey or they feel, they feel isolated going through it. And I really like that encouragement to, to kind of speak up and share and get that support. I guess once women have maybe left a relationship like that, um, maybe their self-esteem has taken a knock or, you know, their, their self-worth is on the back foot. Like, how do you help women rebuild their confidence and trust after coming out of a really difficult relationship where we yeah. not really valued enough? Mm. And this is where the um, my coaching work really kicks in because I do help women at that stage where they've left the relationship. So they're no longer in any kind of... Um, you know, danger or, you know, there's no sort of sense of, um, you know, this person could uh, be about to knock down my door or anything like that. I work with women in this place of completely rebuilding the self once they have left. And this is a period of time where I don't think that there is necessarily a huge amount of support for women. I think that there is a lot of, um, you know, there's amazing things that, that therapy does, obviously, in terms of that healing process. But I help women to really, again, like look forward so like not just get to that place of like, okay, I feel repaired now, you know, but to get to that place of like, oh, wow, like what else could be available for me now that I've tapped into that inner strength um, to be and the courage to, to leave something that wasn't good enough for me or was detrimental to my sense of self. And, and now stepping into a place of, well, what could the possibility for me be now that I'm growing in this way? And so the work that I do, again, is, you know, very much around going like deep, 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 deep into the foundation of the self and to you know, again get really, really clear about what it is that you need and not just in a relationship, but in life in general. And so many of my clients are like, oh my goodness, like I hadn't realized how much I was selling myself short, you know, not just in, um, my romantic relationships, but also in my friendships, in my relationships with my family, in my relationships at work. You know, I hadn't realized how little I was valuing myself and how that has continued to, you know, sort of snowball um, in really negative ways. You know, such a high tolerance. We have such a high tolerance, you know, when we're such giving people, we have such a high tolerance for, for behavior that just is not actually really supportive of our greatest and most, you know, highly flourishing self. And so really, 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 really diving deeply into that foundational work. And I do so many sort of practical exercises. And again, coming back to that sense of, you know, rewiring these deep beliefs that we have in the subconscious mind around what it is that, you know, on that deep fundamental level, we actually feel worthy of and dissolving this sense of guilt, you know, around, you know, being able to prioritize what it is that's actually important to us, even just being able to discover you know, who we are and what is important to us is a lot of the work that we do, a lot of the work around boundary setting. And so, you know, 
But a lot of the women that I work with have a sense of, um, you know, they either have, you know, no boundaries or they sort of have these sort of way on the other side, like really hyper enforced sort of militant fortress boundaries. And so, you know, they don't let anybody in. And that's so understandable when someone has been so deeply hurt, you know, it's actually a very logical thing to withdraw and to keep yourself safe in that particular way. But of course, you know, after the point of which, you know, you're, you're out of survival mode, that's actually going to be holding you back from being able to, to receive, you know, real love and be able to experience intimacy, you know, and all of that healthy, um, good stuff that comes, you know, from, from, from being, you know, with healthy, well-adjusted people and being able to receive like true love and respect and compassion and support. So there's a lot of that boundaries work that we do to create, you know, really clean and healthy boundaries, a beautiful filtration system. So then you become just very naturally magnetic, you know, to the kind of people, again, not just romantically, but in all aspects of your life who will show up and treat you in a way which you really deserve Mm. so is this essentially what your course re-love is about what you've just talked about I guess it's it's re-loving yourself by the sounds of it and really reconnecting to that and then being able to re-love another person again and is, is that kind of the essence of what this course is kind of embodying yeah, you got it. It's a little play on words, <laughs> which is kind of fun, right? Yeah, I like that. Okay. So how can people find out about your course, Izzy? I know I've had a little look and there's, there's a, like a little free masterclass, isn't there? It's, it, looks, it looks really amazing. Um, yeah. But all of the stuff we've just talked about. So is, how can they find more out more about that? Yeah, thanks. So there is a masterclass over on my website, which is ezzyspencer.com and you spell that E-Z-Z-I-E-S-P-E-N-C-E-R, ezzyspencer.com. And if you go to the website, then you'll be able to click on that free video masterclass, which goes through the five shifts to um, to really get to a place of, of, of really knowing that you can achieve all of this in your life like it's not actually a pipe dream there are actually practical things that you can do so there's a so there's that free video which runs you through that and you know what even when sometimes women like watch that video and they're like, Oh, I don't necessarily identify as, you know, being in a toxic relationship. But then when they watch the video, they're like, Oh, you know what though? I have been dating unavailable people or, you know, this partner actually hasn't been treating me as well as, um, you know, I deserve to be treated. So it can be a little bit of an awakening, even watching that masterclass. And then if you know any of your listeners are interested in going further with me, then you can click on um, ezyspencer.com slash apply which is on my on my website and you can book a free call with me to to jump on and see if it's a match for us to work together if you're interested in actually breaking through some of these old patterns and start to create you know a a beautiful you know new cycle of relating where you're able to attract in you Mm. know people who are safe and healthy and well adjusted Mm. and who you know treat you in this beautiful way and step into your own empowered feminine in this way I love that. And I'll also share some of these links in the show notes. And for those of you who are listening, who are really more interested or maybe both interested in both, but the, the lunar abundance work as well, you have a beautiful book, lunar abundance, which is like a Bible for um, anyone who's curious about how to use the moon. And then you have this gorgeous uh, reflective journal, which is a, a new um, 
released for you. I, I, I have it in my hands and I just absolutely love it because it really is this beautiful self-inquiry tool that guides you through each each cycle and really helps you to be interactive and, and, and shares all these these practices. Um, so Izzy, where can people find the, the journal and the book, I guess, yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So um so you can come over to my Instagram. So I'm Ezzy Spencer on Instagram. So again, like E Z Z I E. People often ask me, how do you spell Ezzy? So E Z Z I E Spencer S P E N C E R and it'll pop up and you can click on my bio because there I have links to buy the Lunar Abundance book and then also the Lunar Abundance Journal, which is the companion to the original book. Um and they're just so beautiful to buy in print. Like as you say, they've got their beautiful you know graphics and um and photos and they're they're just really yummy to have on the bedside table or to give as a prezi um to a loved one in your life so yeah i'm paying uh, to give some as prezies for sure this so uh, <laughs> i feel so happy when i hear that because i just loved making those books so much um yeah. And if you uh, do, yeah, if people do um, buy the book or buy the journal, maybe just um, share a little pic of yourself holding the book or the journal on Instagram oh, yeah. stories and maybe tag Izzy and I on there so we know that, that you got the message. <laughs> yes, please. I absolutely love that. I love seeing readers and I love to reshare that on my Instagram stories. I love chatting with people as well because this practice is one that just came, you know, I mean, I, I feel like it's flown flowed through me and it's just been such a delight to create it and I love hearing the uh, results in people's lives when they when they try out the practice as well Mm. Um, and one last thing I'll actually mention is I do have a free moon planner as well for 2020. So if you're interested in finding out when are the dates for those eight moon phases um, throughout the moon cycle, then there's a free 2020 moon planner for the Southern Hemisphere. There's one for the Northern Hemisphere as well, but one for the Southern Hemisphere, which is over on my website, which is lunarabundance.com. So there are other free downloads, like there's a um, you know free new moon meditation and, and other the freebies that you can grab over on the lunar abundance website also mm, they're really helpful i use that um i use that planner too it's great so just um as we as we move towards the end i i really want to just ask a couple of questions about you just to finish off so i think i mean for me i'm listening to your story i feel like your purpose is very clear but what do you believe is your purpose in the world well, I feel like my, um, I mean, my purpose, I feel, is to make a positive impact. So I feel like it's very much around transformation and change. And so the way that it has manifested to date has been around, you know, healing the wounded feminine. But then again, you know, that next step of like, well, what does, what happens after, you know, the feminine is healed? Like what happens when we have this sense of integration and balance? Like what is that transformation and that possibility for that growth and expansion into that bright future? That, that comes from that place so I feel um, like that's what really lights me up and I think if something is like actually electric and lighting you up in your body then you're on a you're on a good um, track to, to living your purpose yes and you are somebody who's embodied lots of amazing transformations in a very natural way that's you know very as you say tied together by little breadcrumbs that actually there is a golden thread through all of them which is what I love about the purpose work so any words of wisdom you want to share with our followers or anything that you've learned through your journey as we close that you wanted to share? Just the power of God. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, the power <laughs> of going within, I feel, is just so important in a world where we're so 
increasingly bombarded with claims on our attention. You know, people are always, you know, in the internet and social media, you know, it's all, it's all part of it. So, you know, that, that, and that can be really helpful as well, you know, to have that access to, to so much knowledge, but also, you know, to, to, as the, as the antidote to that, because sometimes that can get a little overwhelming is just to continue to come within and listen to your inner voice and listen to your intuition and to honor that, you know, to trust whatever it is that you're receiving um, from, from your heart, from your soul, you know, from your body, you know, from that inner voice within is so, so, so important. Mm, beautiful I think we all need a little reminder of that so thank you so much and through all the work you do you're always reminding um, the reader or the listener to to return to self and, and build from there which which is really beautiful so thank you so much Izzy I love hearing your words and and all of the work that you've created in the world is such a gift so thank you today for for all your time I really appreciate that Oh, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Simone, for having me on. Oh, it's lovely. And I'm going to share all the wonderful links and resources on the uh, show notes too, so people can, can grab those. Yay. Yay. Thank you. Thank you.